Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? Because all right, I had to find my spot in my Bible. I lost my spot. So if I've not met you, my name's Dan. I think I've met everybody in the room. Corey, would you bring up the Remind slide for me real quick? Because there's some new students in here tonight. I just want to make sure that you guys have all the information in regards to our Inside Out Student Ministry Remind deal. So if you want, put your name in there. You guys know what to do because a lot of you, you guys use this at school. So glad you're here tonight. Glad you joined us. I missed you guys last week, by the way. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like it when we take a Wednesday off at all. But I'm sure parent-teacher conference went very well for you guys, so it's nice to be back on this Wednesday. So here's what I want to do tonight. And again, if I've not met you, my name's Dan. But what I want to do tonight is I want to take and finish off this series that we're doing on friends. We've been talking about friendship for the last couple of weeks, okay? And we've been talking about some important things on how friends influence us and who we're listening to as friends. The last time we got together, we talked a lot about having a mentor in our lives, having, you know, peers. It's nice to talk to each other about things, but making sure that you have a mentor in your life that can speak into your life that's got a little more experience and just walked on this earth a little bit longer than you have, is simply put. Tonight, what I want to do is I kind of, if you guys don't have a bulletin, feel free to get up, go get a bulletin and a small group paper real quick, please. So what's that? They're all gone, so don't get up and go get one. Apparently, they're all gone. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to I maybe title week three of friendship as friends that won't compromise. Friends that won't compromise no matter what. And when I'm talking about friends that won't compromise on their faith, on the strength of the faith, on what they believe as Christians, they will never compromise. These are the kind of friends you guys are looking for. But like I've been talking about with this friendship idea, I want you guys, everybody look at me. I want you to ask yourselves this, so why we're talking about this tonight. What kind of friend are you? We're looking for the right kind of friends, but what kind of friend are you? Here's what I would, let me, let me say it this way. When we're dating a lot of times in high school and as you get out of high school and into college and in young adult years, when we're dating, we're looking for the right person. I'm looking for the right one. In this series, we're, gonna be, we're finishing up tonight, we're, we're looking for the right friends, but here's what I would encourage you to remember. Be the right friend. Because if you are the right friend, you will attract other friends like you. Does that make sense to you guys? When you're dating, stop looking for the right one and be the right one. Because then you're fishing in the right pond. You're looking for people who are like-minded. When you talk about being friends tonight, I want you guys to stop looking for perfect friends and be a good friend to Christ. Be someone that we're gonna be talking about tonight, one that will not compromise on their faith, no matter what. Because if you're that way, Look at me, I can't promise you, but I can promise you that it's gonna look different if you live that way. Because you will, there's an, there's an aroma to our lives as Christians. The Bible makes it very clear, I think it's in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, that we should have a sweet aroma like Christ has done in our lives. That our, the aroma of my life should be pleasing to God. As I live my life how it seems, and it, my, the aroma of my life goes up to, to God, I want him to be pleased with that. But I promise you, that aroma goes horizontally as well. And the way you're living your life will be what you attract to you. If you're living like a heathen, guess what? You're going to attract those type of people. Girls, if you're looking for a Christ-like man, you be a Christ-like girl, and you'll attract those kind of men. Men, it's the same way with you. If you're looking for a girl who loves God with all their heart, you be a man who loves God with all of his heart. And I promise you, you'll find it will go a lot smoother for you on this side of heaven. So tonight what I want to do is I want to put this into context a little bit, and then I'm going to let you guys turn to, your, turn to your small groups and read a little more of the scripture that I'm going to talk about. 
But we're gonna look into Daniel chapter three tonight. Many of you in this room will know this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? It's a fairly familiar story. If you've been a Christian for very long, you've probably heard this story. But what I wanna do is I wanna drag into this story tonight about these three young Hebrew men that stand for faith. And these are the kind of guys I want you to be, I want you to mimic and live like, but I also want you to attract other friends that will be the same way. Think about it this way. Before I get into setting this up, let me share a thought with you. I can't give you a lot of details because this is being recorded on a podcast tonight, so I'm gonna be very vague on what I'm about to tell you. But what I'm about to tell you is 100% of the truth. In another country, about two weeks ago, in another country, there are in this region of this country, there are 700 plus believers that live in this little community. And Al-Qaeda has been trying to get these people to deny their faith, their Christian faith, for a long time. So what happened about a couple, a couple of weeks ago, what happened was Al-Qaeda warned them, said, we're coming into your village and we will kill you unless you deny Christ. Think about your life for a second. If they came into your school and they said, we're gonna take your life if you don't deny Christ tomorrow when we show up at your school, what would you do? Because see, this is what we're talking about tonight. People think they're fairy tales. They're not. These are true stories, and they're still happening today. Good news in that is, in the region that they were in, the government, military came in, Al-Qaeda showed up. And the government came in, and it was a battle, and the Christians were able to survive, and they kept their faith. And as far as I know, not one of them bowed a knee to Al-Qaeda and denied Christ. What would you guys look at me? These are true stories. The stuff we're gonna be talking about tonight is real, and you're, I really believe if you don't deal with this stuff as an adult, your children are going to. I don't think we're that far away from that in our own country, if we can put it that way. I don't know that for sure, but the pattern and the tendencies in which we have to kick God to the curb and everything we're doing as a nation, there's gonna be repercussions to that. There's gonna be consequences to that. So what I wanna look at tonight, and in Daniel chapter two, I wanna start there. Nebuchadnezzar is a king, and he's the most evil bum on the planet at this time. Horribly bad. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians went into Jerusalem, and they sacked Jerusalem, and they took people prisoner, and they came back, and you see that in Daniel chapter one, where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been taken like 700 to 1,000 miles from their home as young teenagers. You picking up what I'm laying down? These are real. And these teenagers get caught up with a bunch of other people by Nebuchadnezzar and taken back to Babylon, captives and as slaves. In chapter two, the Bible records this dream that King Nebuchadnezzar has about a statue. Well, I won't get into that because I don't have time tonight, but this dream with this statue, no one can interpret this dream and he's about ready to kill all of his wise men. But Daniel and his friends hear about this story, about the dream and how the king's just gonna kill them all because he will not tell them what the dream was about, but he wanted them to interpret it. Well, nobody, there's not a human on the planet that can do that, and he knew it. But Daniel heard about it, and Daniel went to the king and asked, give me, give me some time, I'll go pray, I'm paraphrasing, I'll go pray and I'll come back and see what God does with it. Well, Daniel and his friends prayed, God showed them in a dream, in a vision, what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed about with his large statue. Well, the statue's head was made of gold, and that was Nebuchadnezzar. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was very prideful, which we'll talk about in a minute, so what Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar did, we don't know how long this was after this dream, 
But Nebuchadnezzar, the king, built a 90-foot statue out of gold of himself. From that dream, that Dan, God let Daniel interpret, tell the king, say, saved all the officials' lives when that happened. Nebuchadnezzar gets the big head, and he says, I'm king, and I rule over a lot of territory and a lot of nations. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a 90-foot statue out of gold, which is probably wood with gold overlaid in it, okay, over, overlaid over the top of it. But I'm going to put it on the plains of Dura, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a worship service. And it would have looked like tonight a little bit. He's got music. He's got all these other things going on. And he says, and the, the herald, it says, a herald is someone who goes out and tells the news, tells the story. And he goes to all these provinces that Nebuchadnezzar is over, and he says, all the officials in this area, I want all the officials gathered up, and they're going to come to the plains of Dura, and we're going we're to worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Okay? And what happens is, he says, we're going to have music, and all of you are going to bow down and worship this false image. Okay? And if you don't, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And that fiery furnace, so I can set this up, was something that would, it, was a, it would smelt ore. Basically what they would do in this, they would put things in the top of this fiery furnace, this big furnace, they would put things in the top. So there's an entrance in the top and in the bottom, there's also an entrance where they could go in and take things out of it. So there's a top to this and there's a bottom where you can look in the doorway, if you will, okay? So Nebuchadnezzar sets all this up. The herald goes out and he says, okay, here's the deal. All you guys show up on the plains of Dura, and when you hear the music, you bow down and you worship this image of Nebuchadnezzar, and if you don't, we'll throw you into the fiery furnace. This was not an empty threat. It's very real. So this is what's going on. So this whole picture happens. A sea of people. I wish I could, I wish I could some way communicate to you what I see in my head when I see this, this picture you got Nebuchadnezzar's statue up there, standing there, 90 feet tall. We're all supposed to bow down and worship this thing. When you hear the music, if you don't, they had all kinds of idol worship in those days anyways. They probably didn't care. Most people in the area are like, okay, whatever, we'll bow down, praise, worship, Nebuchadnezzar, get up and go home. Except three guys who were Hebrews, Jews, followers of Yahweh, followers of God, and they decided that they were not going to bow down. So you have a, think of an assembly at school and the whole gymnasium floor is full of, full of students and you've got an image set up and that image you're told at your school, you're gonna bow down and you're gonna praise that image. When the band starts to play, everybody on the gymnasium floor has to bow down and praise that image and that image is not Christ. What would you do? Seriously, think about it. What would you do? Here's what these three Hebrew boys did. They stayed standing. They did not bow down. And somehow or another, the sea of people must have been big enough. Nebuchadnezzar never saw this. But there were some officials that really didn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego very much because they came from a foreign land. They were Hebrews and Jews and worshipped another god, worshipped the one true living god. So they went to Nebuchadnezzar and they said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, guess what, guess what, guess what? There was three guys, you know who they are, they serve you, guess what, they didn't bow down. So Nebuchadnezzar calls them up and that's where I want you guys and Nebuchadnezzar's reaction to this, I want you guys to turn to your table and read the scripture on the right-hand side of your page, verses 13 through 30 of Daniel chapter three, finish the story of what happens and then I'll bring you guys back up and we'll close here in a minute.
Okay, back up to the front of the room. Hopefully you guys read that. I'm going to break this down a little bit and give you guys a few things to think about out of that story. Um, But I really want you guys, I really want to go back to this idea and let you guys sit on this for a minute of what would it be like for you if you had this happen? I love stories in the Bible that are so true in the Old Testament. I like to pick myself up and actually put myself there in the heat of the desert with the sand and all the people and just the smells, the atmosphere, what that had to look like had to be pretty incredible when you think about it. You hear the flutes and the zither and the zyre and all the different mu- the musical instruments going on and this is a big blast. This wasn't something that would have been quiet. If you'll put yourself there and you will ask yourself these questions as far as what would you do if you were sitting in that situation? Because here's one of the things I think as you look at this, the very first part I wanna pull out of this is pride. The number one thing is pride. This is the kind of friend you don't want. It's all about them. Now ask yourself again, are you that friend? Is it all about you? Because we're gonna go through different friends, different looks at different friends that you should have and you shouldn't have tonight. And I wouldn't want a friend like this, it's all about them. Nebuchadnezzar you see here is sinful pride. Nebuchadnezzar set this up and it's just sinful pride with a gold statue made. He wanted everybody commanded. He, he wanted to force them to bow down and worship him. Think about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Parallel that with what Nebuchadnezzar's going through. Humility, he's humble. He humbled himself and became a human. He never forces you to do anything. He calls you, he equips you, but he never forces you when he calls you and helps you. The unveiling ceremony was really like we talked about before. It was a worship service of a, could you just see him up there? Can you just see Nebuchadnezzar standing up there with all this sea of people thinking, yeah, I got it going on. Look at all these people. Not thinking to himself that he's forcing them to do this with threatening their lives. And the Bible tells us this, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you keep reading in this story in Daniel, guess what happens to Nebuchadnezzar? Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Guess what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Some of you know, most of you know this. He ended up, God ended up humbling him by putting him in a field, I think for seven years, eating grass like a cow on all fours. The Bible's true, everybody. And you see in chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar's like, and in chapter four or five, somewhere in there, he's on his hands and knees in a field eating grass like a cow. And who put him there? God did. Don't you think for a second if you're prideful that God's not gonna humble you. I have a saying in my life, I would rather live humble than be humbled by God. And humility is this, Humility, being humble is literally this. It's not going, well, you know, I'm just not all that great and I'm not that wonderful. No, you're amazing. God created you. You're incredible just the way you are. Follow him, let him build your life. So humble is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking more of others than yourself. You wanna live a humble life? Think more of others than yourself. Serve others more than yourself. Serve your moms and dads at home rather than worrying about what you get. (laughs) Be as nice as you can to your little brothers and sisters, okay? That's being humble. Christians are unified by a relationship with Jesus Christ and encouraged to do that for eternal life. We'll talk about that at the end of the night tonight. 
The second thing we have in this is poise. And poise might seem like a really odd word, but poise is this. Standing strong, strengthening, having resolve, and not giving in. Is that your Christian walk? Are you perfect at it? No. But is your heart's desire to stand strong with the Lord? Because that's what these three guys, this is the kind of friend you want. A friend who is all about God. I will tell you that most adults will say a student will never live that way. Most adults don't know you guys. They don't get to spend time with students like we do. See, us adults think you're amazing. And we really believe a lot of you in this room are like this. We really believe that you want to live your life. It is all about God. Are you good at it? Sometimes, maybe not. But in here, my desire is to live for Christ and Christ alone. I want to put him first everywhere in my life. That's the way, that's the kind of friend you want. These three guys were those kind of friends. They were able to stand because of their faith in God and the desire to live his word out. Because in Exodus chapter 20, verses three and five, makes it very clear. You should have no other gods before me. See, this is why they didn't bow down. If you ever wonder why didn't they bow down, it's because they knew you should have no other gods before me and you should have no graven images. And that was another god, a false god, and a graven image. If they would have bowed down, they would have been going against the things of God. And in their hearts, just think about it, you guys. Oh my goodness. They're Jewish young men a thousand miles away from home. Nobody would have ever known they're doing this. I'll talk about that in a minute. And they still still being exiled and God told them they're going to be there for 70 years, they still live for him no matter what. There's a thing called commercial faith. Commercial faith, the theologians would say, is this. I'm going to serve God as long as I know he's going to take care of me, but I want to guarantee that he's going to take care of me. That's commercial faith. And just like I really like, and I want you guys to hear this part. Just like in Daniel chapter one, these three Hebrew boys did not come up and be sarcastic with the king. Listen to me, please. They did this in a respectful manner. In Daniel chapter one, Daniel asked respectfully not to eat from the king's table. And he, and he was granted that wish. In this, these three Hebrew young men went up to the king and they said, okay, we do not have to answer you in regards to this. But they did it respectfully. I would love Inside Out Youth Group to be known as this. If you guys have a reputation and somebody asks you, where do you go to youth group at? And they say Inside Out, they should expect you to act respectfully. Why? Because these guys did. We have so many examples in the Bible, you guys, of people acting respectfully because it honors God. In everything you do in word and deed, you do it to the glory of God, just like through Jesus Christ. So be respectful to your moms and your dads. Get rid of the edge don't be a snot-nosed little brat when it comes to the tone of your voice. If I came in here on a Wednesday night and I was sarcastic and edgy and disrespectful to you guys, would you listen to me? You'd never come back again. I can tell you certain things without that attitude behind it and get my point across. But if I come in here and I was, had an attitude about what I was talking about, trying to demand things and have an edge to me, you guys aren't gonna listen to me. And yet you're at home and you wonder why you and your parents are always fighting if you're doing that. It's because of the tone that you use. I'm gonna say this in the best way I can. I love you guys dearly. I don't care what your mom and dad are doing. Don't mirror it if it doesn't honor God. Be respectful. You be the first one to go. You talk kindly to your parents. They gave you life. 
Respect them, honor them like the Bible says, and ask for things respectfully. Teachers at school, coaches, don't do it with an edge, you guys. It won't get you anywhere. When you have a boss and you're disrespectful, you're in training of what it looks like to be an adult. And if you go at your boss with an edge and a disrespect, you know what you're gonna be doing? Looking for a lot of different jobs. So learn that technique now. These guys went up and they asked respectfully. These men believed that God could really, really, really rescue them. Why? Because of all the other stories they heard about their God that were true stories. Think about your life for a second, especially if us adults in here, we can, we can echo this idea. Think about all the things that God has done for you to this point in your life. If you're a Christian, all the things God's helped you with, the things he's changed, maybe he hasn't rescued you out of everything, but look at what he's done for you and in the midst of what you're going through, unless you're knee deep in sin and have walked out of a relationship with him, he's still the same God. And he's gonna be there in the midst of what you're going through. You may not get what you want. It may not go the way you want it to, but we find joy and hope in knowing that the Lord is in the midst of what we're going through. Does that make sense to you guys? But you're looking for friends who have poise, spiritual poise, the steadiness that I'm gonna get through this. It's gonna be okay. Even if they're walking around, crawling around on their hands and knees, trying to figure all this out, they're gonna be okay because they know God's in the middle of it with them. That's how we get through things, you guys in the middle of the night, in the hardest situations, by believing, I know God's here with me. This is the most horrible thing I've ever experienced, but I have joy knowing that God is with me. You're looking for number three, persecution. You're looking for the kind of friends, these are the kind of friends you do want. Ones who will not compromise on their faith, no matter what. The king gave these guys one more chance to bow down or else, and they did not bow down to the king. Now think about other Christian students at school, okay? Because I hear all the time from Christian students that there's hypocrites floating around everywhere. People come to youth group on a Wednesday night and they go to school and they act completely different. They start to compromise. They start to walk differently. I pray that none of you in this room are like that. If you are, stop it because it doesn't honor God and it's not helpful. But here's what they could have done. These guys could have reasoned out this because they knew they, the herald told them what was gonna happen. So they knew this was coming. So the three of them had to talk to each other and they could have said, well, you know, we could, I'll tell you what, fellas, I don't really want to get tossed in a fire or furnace because that doesn't sound like it'd be much fun and it would kill us and we'd take our lives and we can't serve God. We can't do these wonderful things if we're burned up in it and we're torched in the fiery furnace. So what, how about this? How about if we just bow down physically, but all of us agree in our hearts that we will not, we're really not worshiping, but we're going to bow down anyway, but we're really not going to worship. Would that have been the right thing to do? Think about all the people in the gymnasium on the, on, the, on the basketball court, on the floor. And all these friends of yours who know you're a Christian. And all of a sudden they peek. And when everybody's bowed down, they look up and you're bowed down. What do you think that does about your testimony? Compromises your testimony in Christ, doesn't it? These guys didn't do that. Another thing they could have said was, you know, we'll do this one time and ask God to forgive us. We'll just do it the one time and then we'll ask God to forgive us. It'll be okay. Paul makes it very clear, because of the grace of God, should we go on sinning? Absolutely not. We never take God's grace for granted. And these guys would have been taking God's grace for granted if they would have bowed down just this one time and then we'll ask God to forgive us, knowing they were, that would have been sin because they knew they shouldn't do that and they did it anyway. To them, that would have been sin. Well, we'll ask God to forgive us. 
Don't live that way, you guys. Unless you like roller coaster rides of Christianity, don't do that. Don't create, listen to me. As a young person, I want you to create habits in your life that are helpful for you spiritually. This would have been a bad habit for these guys to create because this would have been the first time and the first time's the hardest time and trust me, the second time won't be as tough. Create habits that are helpful for you spiritually, not habits that are harmful for you spiritually. Understand? It says it this way. Think about this too real quick. Let me, let me touch on this and then I'm gonna quit. It says Nebuchadnezzar bound them, tied their hands behind their back, tied them up, some ropes, twine, whatever it was, took them up, tossed them in this furnace, and down on the ground they hit. And this is one of my favorite parts of this whole story, and I'm gonna tell it again tonight, told this a thousand times to people. So they're in this fire and they're bound up, and all of a sudden Nebuchadnezzar's sitting there and he's watching these, hopefully watching these guys get torched. But then all of a sudden they look in this smelter thing and they look in there and he says, hey, and I love the, the attitude of the guys that serve in Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, didn't we throw three guys in there? Yes, oh, king, yes, we did. Yeah, uh-huh, you're right, king, yes, we did, uh-huh, right? And he says, why do I see a fourth one? And the fourth one looks like a son of a God. And the Bible says they were walking around in the fire, what? Unbound. Nothing to restrain them. And yet they were walking around where? In the fire. Why? Because they knew the Lord was in there with them. You guys, if you will realize that the fires of life that God allows us to be tossed into are for our benefit, not for our harm. And sometimes if you're struggling with something and something's got you bound in slavery or temptation, I want you to realize what that fire is for is to release you from what binds you so that you can walk freely with Christ. If you guys will grab a hold of this idea, I, tell, I promise you it'll change everything for you. That sometimes all we wanna do when we're going through tough times is I just want out. Lord, get me out of this. But if you realize that what you're going through will break the bonds of whatever you're dealing with outside of Christ, it'll break those bonds for you. And as long as you're in that fire and Christ is in there with you, you have nothing to worry about. That's why Nebuchadnezzar had to do what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out. They did not come out of the fire on their own. The king had to literally call them out of the fire. And why? Because they were with Christ. Faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Simple as that. Turn to your small groups, discuss these questions, and we'll turn back to the front of the room in a couple of minutes. Okay, you guys, I hate to have my voice break into your conversation because I can hear you guys are talking, but I got a couple quick thoughts to close with and I want to respect the clock so you guys can get home and get your homework done. The fourth thing is, is this, just really quick, is where we get our protection from, and that protection came from Christ. These guys got tossed into the fiery furnace. They didn't know the end of the story, but when they were in that furnace, here's what I want you to realize. God was with them when they got captured and were exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. God was with them. God was with them when they asked that they not eat from the king's table. God was with them. God was with them when they were making the decisions to um, not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And God revealed himself in a personal manner, more of a, a visual manner, if you will, when they were tossed into the furnace. 
But we want to be amazed that, that when they were in the furnace that Christ was there with them and we should be amazed at that. That's called a, a pre-incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's Jesus himself pre-incarnate before he came to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. And I'm amazed at that, but what I want you guys to realize is their whole life following God, God was with them. It wasn't just when they were tossed into the fire. God was with them and you know that because that's why they were willing to step off into that fire because they knew God was there. They didn't know they would meet with him in the fire, but they knew they were with him before they got tossed in. And that's what I want you guys to understand because in Isaiah 43, verses one and two, the Bible says this. But now this is what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I love this part. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You better believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that and they believed it. Do you? At the end of this, Nebuchadnezzar says a comment in there. He says, everyone must worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Out of everything Nebuchadnezzar saw, out of everything he experienced, he didn't say everyone should worship my God and the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said everyone should worship the God of Tonight, that's the question I want to leave you guys with. Is this the God of Peyton or Catherine? Are you looking at it this way, that this is a God of Matt or Clint? Or is he your God? Has he redeemed you? Has he called you by name? Because if he has, he's your God. And your God will be with you no matter what you go through. That's where we just believe and that's where we trust him. And the reason why we do that is because in Revelation chapter two, verse 10, it says this, Jesus' words, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The temporal stuff we go through here, the temporary experiences we have horizontal, we keep an eternal perspective because he, we know he's my God and he's with me, and I will be able to endure anything in my relationship as long as I walk with him keeping a temporal perspective on what's going on with an eternal perspective, knowing that one day I want Jesus to give me the crown of life. Do you? Then we stand strong now. And when you stand for God, you will stand out in the world. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And I am so grateful. I know like many people in this room tonight, Lord, the stories in the scripture that are so true that were penned so long ago that are so relevant today. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for loving us, loving us enough to give us that word that we can remember by reading. Brand these things on our heart tonight, Lord. Help us to find friends that will not compromise on anything when it comes to their faith. Help us to find friends that will protect our faith and help build our faith and walk with you and, be, and have you be the most important thing in their life. And Lord, help us to be that friend. Help us to be that friend that others can depend on, that they know when they look at us that we're not gonna compromise. No matter how hard the situation is, I'm gonna keep an eternal perspective, believing with all my heart, as these three young men did, that, he, that I know you can save us. I know you can rescue us. 
But even if you don't, we're gonna trust you because we know you're in the midst of what we're going through. And for that, we, we just praise you and we're so grateful for that, Lord. And we pray all these things in the mighty and the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>